Well, hello, everyone. It is time for announcements live from my office, uh, getting ready for church. A couple of quick important announcements for this weekend. September 13th, it's a Wednesday night coming up. We have our night watch. Uh, that'll be that Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, that's a night for ministry and, and prayer, and we, we sing a few songs, and we just we wait and we listen for what the Lord is doing. So that night watch will be September 13th at 6.30 p.m. Also coming up, One More Youth is coming back. We took a break for the summer. Uh, that's going to be September 6th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, that's a great time for any uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. That's like 6th through high school. Uh, they're invited to join us. We always have pizza. We'll play some great games. We sing a few songs. Uh, and we have a message out of the Bible. So really a great time. Uh, invite your kids. If you've got kids that age, if you are that age, join us. We always have a blast. Another announcement that I'm very excited about uh, for our 930 and 11 o'clock services, we're now offering translation. Uh, we found a service that will uh, give us the ability to uh, preach the word in a bunch of different languages. It does it almost simultaneously. Uh, we're technically only supposed to do it in Spanish, but uh, the software has no way to stop us from translating into 30 different languages. So uh, if it's the 9.30 or 11 o'clock service, uh, there's a link in the live stream description. Uh, if you're here in person and would like to access that, uh, there's QR codes throughout the building. And uh, I might have a few copies printed out with the QR code to access that really cool app that we're very excited about. It'll translate our 9.30 and 11 o'clock messages into all these different languages. So really cool stuff. Keep downloading our main church app and uh, also our uh, virtual church app as well. There's two great apps. Have them both on your home screen. And uh, yeah, with all that being said, you ready for it? Let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. We're getting ready to hop in. Excited that you're with us. We had a great time of worship earlier, and we're looking forward to doing that with you again now. Then we're back into our series, Sword Sharpening. We're going to tie together those first 13 weeks into one hopefully very cohesive story uh, that will allow us to really press on from here. So get your Bibles, get ready, get a coffee, get comfy, because here we go. Woo! <laughs> you can breathe now. Good morning, family. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. Doug and I were traveling all week and, um, the, you know, the travel does like the weird thing to the space time continuum, you know? So also it feels like we've been lag. gone for a really long time, but we didn't, yeah, anyways. Well, one time zone totally warps the, yeah. the continuum. Yeah. Who am I? Why like do said, I exist? You know, it does. anyways, but we're really, really glad to be home and be able to be with you guys again. So before we begin, I'm going to let you know we'll be, up to this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them off to their myriad classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Sword Sharpening Part 14 today. And uh, we're like going to tie up the last subsection. And uh, don't get to say that in, in church very often. Subsections. Anyways, and then we're going to like pivot and start talking about some other cool, interesting stuff. Before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for the privilege of gathering together to celebrate and worship you. 
We thank you for the privilege of doing that, Papa. And we ask that you help us to never take that for granted. We thank you for how you've been moving and stirring things up inside of us this week, God. We ask that you would continue growing and nurturing those kingdom attributes, the family traits that we share with you. Papa, we ask you to empower us to show those the love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Empower us to show those things to each person around us to bring those lost kids back into your family. You are so good to us and we love you. And we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and eternal God, You are always more ready to hear than we are to pray. And you are willing to give more than we desire or deserve. Pour out your mercy upon us, forgiving us those things that cause us to feel guilty and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the intercession of Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I always try to encourage us all to sing out, lift your voices, participate as we praise the Lord here in this place today. He is worthy of our praise. So let's sing out. We're going to see the words on the screen so you can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. Holy Spirit, come and rest on us. Rain down peace. Rain Rain down love As the spirit was moving over the water 
Jesus, have my heart, my will, my soul. Jesus, have my hopes, my dreams, my world. With joy I lay it down. With joy I cast my crowns. Jesus, have it all. To you I bring my praise, my lips, my song. A living sacrifice as one reborn. Your life is now my own. Your will is what I want. Jesus, have it all. So Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. To you belongs the glory, the praise of all the Jesus, have it all. Jesus, have it all. Oh, blessing and honor, oh, majesty and all. Jesus, have it all. So, Jesus, have your church, your love, your pride, the joy for which you free.
Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. And we are so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? That was a funny sound. Good morning, boys and girls. I'm so excited that you're here. We're going to be learning about something so important that everyone that believes in Jesus has, okay? And this is, we're talking about a letter that Paul wrote to the people living in Ephesus, but I'm going to tell you what he said, okay? He said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Paul wrote these words in a letter to Christians living in Ephesus, right? Paul was in prison in Rome and he knew, right, from experience that the Christian life was not an easy life. Right? He said, in fact, that the Christian life is like a battle, right? And the battle is difficult. And the battle is not against people. He said that the battle is against evil, right? And he told them how to fight this evil. He said in Ephesians 6, 11, put on the armor that God gives you so you can defend yourselves, right? Against the devil's tricks. He said evil is strong, but God is stronger. Who is stronger? God. God right? Always remember that. God is stronger. <clears throat> and then he went on to describe the different pieces of this armor that God gives us. Are you ready to find out what it is? All right. Cool, right? So he said the truth is like a belt, right, around your waist. He said we know what truth is because God has revealed himself to us in his word, in the Bible, right? And he said the truth stands up to lies. Do you know that the enemy wants to lie to us, right? But God's truth stands up to those lies, right? The second thing he said is that righteousness is like an armor on our chest, right? And God gives us righteousness when we trust Jesus, right? And then he says that righteousness is doing what is right, right? For the right reasons. The third thing he said is be ready with the gospel, right? Like sandals on your, on your feet. He said, be ready to tell everyone the good news of Jesus, right? And then the fourth thing he said was that faith is like a shield, right? And this, and faith, and he said that we need to take this with us everywhere we go to defend ourselves against the evil one's attack, right? And he said that the evil one wants us to doubt Jesus, right? He wants us to doubt God and believe lies, but faith can help us to trust God, right? And obey God. 
Finally, he told them that salvation is like a helmet, right? And God's word is like a sword. And he said that a helmet protects your head. And that reminds you that God has saved you. And then he says, we use the sword, right, to help us ward off or protect us, right, from the evil one, right, from evil attacks. Guess what? God's word, his Bible, right, is the strongest sword. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then he said, whenever you put this armor on, I want you to pray, right? Pray at all times, he said. Very important. Well, guess what, guys? Jesus won the war, right? The battle against evil when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, right? And God gives us everything we need to stand strong against evil, right? And guess what? Every day we fight sin, remembering that Jesus has already won for us. Amen? Good stuff. Awesome. Good. All right, guys, are you ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay, repeat after me, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on all the armor that God gives so you can defend yourself against the devil's tricks. Excellent work. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Pastor Georgina will pray for them and they'll head off to Children's Church with all their cuteness. Okay. All right, guys. Ready? Let's, let's bow our heads and let's think about the Lord. Thank you, Tegan. All right. Ready? Father in heaven, thank you so much for our children, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you have not left us defenseless, Lord God. You have filled us with the armor, Lord God. You filled us with your love, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that the children, Father, will have the mind of Christ to understand these truths. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Have fun. There's some cute kids here. Welcome to the... <laughs> that one's just doing tippy-toe walking right it's now. It's just, so cute. It's, so, it's like killing me. It's so yeah. cute. <laughs> so glad to have you with us. Here, welcome. Those of you joining us online, happy to have you here as well. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, uh, that code did not show up. It's supposed to show up, so I'm just letting the room upstairs know. And uh, so uh, we do have a QR code that's not working right now. That you would, If it does pop up, point your device at it and fill out our digital connect card. Um, I do. There's something cool happening, though, uh, uh-huh. that I'm excited about. Yeah. So we um, are working with a software program right now. We just started it last week. It worked well. We're doing it again this week, letting more people in. Uh, it translates, like, on the spot uh, into 30 different languages. 
And why is that cool? Because there's a lot of people who, even if they come here, they hear some of what I say, but not all of what I say. And last week when I was telling some folks, they said, oh, I know some people that don't come to church because they don't, they don't quite understand it. So um, it should be working, uh, the translator, now, today. If you didn't see the QR code on the slides, there's one in the back somewhere. But if not, try it next week. It'll be on your phone. You can listen on a headset or it just reads it to you. Uh, you know, it shows up. I think that's extremely cool. So, uh, that's, we've got that in trial mode again today, which I think is going to work. And very, very nice. They're resetting the projectors. Why they do that? Let's pray for our neighbors. What do you think? This is something we do whenever we gather. Uh, just to reemphasize this extremely important, effective ministry. Pray for the people who live around you. So think about a couple of your neighbors and we'll go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, God, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Cool. New series. Back in the same series again, part 14. Um, Looking forward to this, going to try and review the first 13 weeks in a very short period of time here in a minute. Um, had an interesting week. We did, oh, Yes, dear. Tell us about jury duty and how it compared with your experience at Bucky's. Yeah, so here's a... Because there's comparisons to be made. Yeah, he did make very... I want to say right off the bat that uh, the judge involved and all of the bailiffs involved and all of the clerks and everything were all extremely nice and helpful and I really appreciated that. I've been going down there for 30 years on and off as they call me for jury duty and all super and very, you know, affirming and yes. kind and get it and very, very nice. Um, but uh, so then they, if you haven't been down there, then you're in a big room and then they have a bunch of discussion going on and you listen to that and there's questions asked and you do that. And then they pare down the number because there was quite a few people there and the, the first round is down to a cut of 50. Well, I made that round. Uh, yay for me. And uh, if you make the round of 50, it means you're in for the rest of the day, right? If you don't make that round, you get to go home before lunch. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. Well, and it was 1.30 before for, they... So yeah, go, actually, quarter to two before I got a lunch yeah. break. I, and I was like, hey, dude, this is late. Like but anyway... Don't say Suff- stuff to people that can do mean things suffering. to you. Just be quiet. <laughs> so, the lunch break back. Um, I did not make the cut of eight at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. And uh, But as I was sitting there all day, uh, I started thinking about how this could be a lot better experience. <laughs> so He was improving. I, well, I, I said, you know, Bucky's didn't have to do what they did, right? So there could be a few little twists, like like and if you've been there, maybe just relate, uh, like a, a, like a coffee little area would like change everybody's mood, right? Or yeah. like ninety percent of people. Look and water. Well, then there should be later yeah. on a little water set up, not because they have a water fountain. Well, there's a water fountain there. I'm like nobody drinks out of water fountains anymore. Not I mean, you that. you remember the last five years, right? Don't don't yeah. mess with those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, maybe a little snack. And, well, and, the and then the, the, the place they kept putting us, there wasn't enough seats and it was hot. I'm like, well, this is, you know, so little, t- by, the, by the end of the day, I had a whole list of ways to improve it, but I decided not to submit it because I don't want to get in trouble with anybody. That's right. Then they so, would have made you do it. Well, you come down here and yeah, bring yeah. the water. And you come bring the coffee. It was funny the first, because they have a parking issue, if you've ever been, on that one day when they throw everybody in town. 
And I, I thought about how to fix that. And I'm like, well, that's a little hypocritical because we have a parking issue all the time yeah. that I can't fix. And yeah. it's just, I just ignore it. And that's what yeah. they do. Yeah. But I understand. Okay. That's enough about me. Okay. So but if you can, it, you know, Bucky's it up, right? Bucky's it up. That's yeah. our new thing. Yeah. How can we make it Bucky's? That's like the whole translation thing. Well, why would you do that? It's not, it's a, because, the, yeah. listen, the potential. Mm-hmm. See, my mind goes like, there's so many people who aren't hearing this. And if they could hear this, and like if one of them hears something and gets, gets to Jesus and then tells their whole right. family, like, do you, do you know what we're waiting on for That's Jesus cool. to come back, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going sideways. Mm-hmm. Is that, that he said two things Jesus says in Matthew 24 got to happen before I come back. The temple's got to be destroyed. That happened a long time ago, yep. 60 AD sometime. The Romans did that. But the, the word needs to be preached to all the Gentiles, in effect. And, he, and Paul says in Romans that the heart of the Israel, people of Israel is hardened until the fullness of the Gentiles. Mm. All we're waiting on, and we, all we're waiting on is for the word to go everywhere. Well, what if a little translation helps that whole process, right? I'm in. Let's do it. Let's Amen. figure it out. Amen. Sorry. Okay. Side that note. Was, that was free of charge. Go to the joke. <laughs> and I got, a, I got a lot to talk about, so okay. I got to keep moving Keep today. it moving. So let me get to the jokes. I, I went to the dentist recently, and the dentist said that my teeth were stained. And I said, well, how does that happen? And the dentist said, well, you, do you smoke or drink coffee? And I said, well, I, I, I drink coffee, but are people actually smoking it now? I'd never heard of that. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. You can thank kids. Pastor Billy. Pastor Billy I, I gave us that. Never one. even thought about it. The kids nowadays, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't. She likes to craft, right? She does. She's always yeah. crocheting or needle pointing or what is it you do? Well, right now I'm doing cross, cross stitch. Yeah. Anyway, Al- Alice told me that quilts are better than duvets, and and I told her she really shouldn't make blanket statements like that. Okay, you are up. Okay. Please pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word, and then I have a. Let's bring this home, huh? Yeah. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us in worship this morning. Indeed, goodness and mercy follow us, Papa. No matter what we came in here with today, may we remember hope. May we remember that your goodness and your mercy follow us. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Second Timothy, and Steve wants me to read it out of the message translation, so I'm reading it off the screen. Starting chapter 3, starting at verse 14. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. Okay, so what I want to do today is try and sort of bring everything together that we've talked about so far in this series because we need it to launch into the where I want to go next. Same series, but just another thing. Because what I want to do next is take his story that we've been talking about and show you how it fits into history. And from that, then, help with a lot of questions that will come up as you read the Bible. Remember, my hope is that 
The Bible is so important and you need to read it. Many believers haven't read it and it's not a judgment, but you need to read it. And the reason often why we haven't read it is the enemy doesn't want you to read it. And, and so there's all these little roadblocks that we don't overcome. My hope is that you realize how amazing it is that if you're not reading it, you start to read it. If you're reading it, it's more like a chore than a joy that that shifts. And if you already are in, uh, finding some enjoyment in reading the scripture, it just increases as you see how it all fits and ties together. And that the storyline of the Bible is so important to give us the context to hold together. And that's what we've been doing at the end. But let's jump back into the beginning, uh, how we started. I'm going to just quickly review where we started this. We talked about the Word of God, the Bible, and what it means. And we, we started with a passage uh, that compares the Bible to a sword. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. So that's where sword sharpening came from. Uh, and then a second verse that I used, and I have said before the end of this series, I will come back, this isn't it, to this verse and give it to you in context, because it's important that you get the entire thing in context. But this part was good for where we were heading. in Mark 12, 24. Jesus said, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. He was having a discussion with people who should have known the Bible and didn't know the Bible. And he says, you don't understand it. And because you haven't understood it the way you need to, you're missing out on the power of God. And I will come back to that, I promise, at some point. But with those two things together, this series is about so how important it is for us to read the Bible, A. And, and there's also some ways not to read the Bible that are also important. And that's kind of what we did in the very beginning. There were four things that we talked about quite a bit. I said that the Bible is pointing to Jesus. So you need to know that this whole thing is pointing to Jesus one way or another. The Old Testament is pointing to Jesus towards the cross and after and the New Testament is all about how he did that and what that means. But it's a unifying story that points us to Jesus and all that he does. It's not okay to say I don't need the Old Testament because you do because it makes the rest of the story make sense. And that's extremely important. Uh, and so you, you, the, the tendency has been for believers, you come in in the Jesus part of the story, the New Testament. It's a really good part of the story. Don't get me wrong. And maybe you've hung out and you know some of that story. You know enough about why you did it. But you've never really taken the time to get the rest of the story, which makes a huge difference. So that what you came into was good news. But I keep saying this. When you get the whole story, it's gooder. It's way gooder. And that's important because story, listen, people listen to story, right? They, they want to hear your, more than you just, if you give them facts, they want your story and, and they'll listen to his story. And if you can communicate it, people will listen and that goes a long way. That's why this is so important. So it's all about Jesus or pointing to Jesus and that's really important. And then I said, uh, I said this, that it's a library, not a book. And by that I mean if you just pick it up like you do every other book and read it sort of cover to cover and think it's all the same, it's not anything like that. It's much more like an experience in the library. If you go to the library, you know that it's broken into different sections and you get different sort of literature in different sections of the library. The Bible's like that. There's, there's sections of history and there's sections of law and there's sections of poetry and there's sections of personal letters and um, there's prophetic letters. And if, you, if you're not aware of what sort of kind of genre you're looking at, you can misread what's happening. So you have to be where it's a, it's a library of books. 
all inspired by God in this amazing way, over 1,500 years, utilizing 40 different authors and all of their input as it happened in three different languages. All of that makes a difference, and we need to be aware of it as we read. Holding that idea, the Bible, you need to know, it's written for us, but not to us. Perspective is huge um, in that God in his wisdom knew that the time that he had it written over that 1500 year period a couple thousand years ago would be the perfect time in history for everyone who ever reads it to understand it through that lens. That we would be able to grasp that lens if we apply ourselves and see what's taking place. And, and so you need to realize as you read the Bible that your tendency will be to read it with a 2023 Western culture worldview lens. And, and you will be having, it will say things that it's not really saying. You have to read it like the people it was originally written to in order to get what God has for you in it. And that's significant. And little things, because it's not written in English, you know, it's translating in English. There are words that make a difference. Like last week, one little word changes the whole dynamic. And that word in the, was the Greek word. We translate two Greek words with one English word, new. Neo and kainos. And and so in the scripture, we're reading about things that are new, and we think brand new almost immediately, and yet it's the Greek word kainos, which means, no, renewed, remodeled, redone, not starting over from scratch. And it changes the dynamic of the text significantly, like you're a new creation. You're not a neo-creation new creation, you're a kainos creation new creation. That Holy Spirit is working in you with what you already are and changing you into something else. Very cool. I could get sidetracked on all of these, and I can't because I have to do the... I got to do the Bible from beginning to end. Now, whoo, here we go. Uh, and never just read a Bible verse, kind of a sarcastic way of saying context, context, context. Because we live in a social media culture that loves to take one verse and make it a deal. And the problem is, it almost never works that way. And it also gets used against us because there's, have you, if you've read the Bible, there are some pretty hard to understand Bible verses in there. Like you're like, "Ah, why is that even in there? And some, if you haven't had that experience, you haven't got into some of it yet. And if you don't get it that it's in context, you, it, it makes you not want to read the Bible. I've had a lot of people tell me I can't read. Listen, context, context, context. And so that's why I decided to do the story in eight parts. I didn't have this in my radar at all when I started this series. It just was like, let's see, could we, if you felt like the Lord lead me, can we break the Bible up into eight sort of memorable sections so that you guys can hold on to the whole story as you read the Bible? It makes the story better. And I I thought, well, let's, let's give it a whirl. So that's what we've done. And now I'm going to try and do that. It's not going to happen in eight minutes. So 15. So it'll be, it's okay. Hang with me. It'll be good. I'll try not to be boring and uh, I'll do a little dance every now and again just to keep you. I don't. (laughs) He's got their interest. Oh, now he's dancing. I don't. I'm so curious to know how that translation is working. Is it kind of working? Yeah. Sorry. Chinese. I am so excited, right? Okay. So, uh, Kingdom Revealed. Each one of these sections that I gave you, I gave you, tried to give you three or four points to remember and a title. 
And that kingdom is in the title because kingdom is not a place it's talking about. It's the rule and reign of God. And so we jumped into Genesis 1 and 2 is where we started. And it's the, the heart of God revealed. Uh, and, and I said there's, there's four things, three or four things I want you to remember. The, the big thing is cosmic temple. Each one of these points that I'm making is on the fill-in notes written out. If you ever wanted them in one place, it's there. Get the fill-in notes. You can point at that and get them. Cosmic temple. So when you read Genesis 1 and 2, please don't read it like a textbook or a science book. That's not what it is. It's the revealed heart of God about how his desire is to have a place where heaven and earth connect. That's the whole picture of temple. And he's, in effect, each one of those days, he's just adding another part of this temple to the entire thing. And and that's what you're looking at, a place where heaven and earth meet. That's the understanding of temple. We're going to have that run throughout the entire part of our story. God's going to be there. He puts us, he wants us to be there with him, and he wants his divine family, we call the little E Elohim, there as well. We're all supposed to hang out with God and enjoy one another in this perfect place, the cosmic temple. Initially, that was Eden. Eden was perfect. The rest of the planet was good, and God wants to partner with us. This is how he works. He wants to partner with people. Does he have to? Absolutely not. God's a family guy. Let's go, family. We're going to have fun. We're going to go and make the rest of the planet like Eden. That's what we were supposed to do. That's where we would find life and adventure. That's the heart of God. Always has been, always will be. That hasn't changed, but the way we get there has taken some detours. Firstly, because there's a big rebellion a kingdom rebellion that's in Genesis 3 through 11. There's actually three main points of rebellion that take place in those chapters. And uh, the first one is known as the fall. And the fall takes place because one of the Elohim, little E, doesn't like God's plan about a human family. So what it looks like is he's going to try and get God to change his mind and wipe out the human family by getting the human family to do things God says not to do. And so that's what the events in the, in the fall are. He comes and tempts Adam and Eve. They do what they're not supposed to do. Horrific consequences. However, God doesn't destroy the human family. He's, he's going to introduce another way to get to where he wants. Genesis 3.15, the crimson thread of redemption. We hear about Jesus already. Anyway, um, so there's a, there's a fallout. And then from there... What happens is in the next one, the flood, what's happened is the Elohim, because they weren't successful in destroying the human family, they take it matters into their own hands. They're going to make their own sort of half-human family. And the sons of God, the Elohim, begin to mate, breed, whatever you want to call it, with the daughters of men whom they saw were beautiful, and they create another sort of group of beings called the Nephilim or the giants. And that's, they destroy God's humanity. They're, they just inflict, it's horrific. It destroys, it's, it's, and God says, look, we're gonna, we're gonna have a global reset. Again, we're gonna have a cosmic reset. We're gonna restart this whole thing because of all the mess the Elohim have caused in the human family. And so that's when the flood happens. And it's just a, if you'd see the, the beginning, you know, uh, in the creation, the waters cover the earth and they bring out dry land. It's a reversal. They're covered and then they come back dry. And in Noah and his family and the animals, there's sort of a floating garden of Eden that he keeps and it settles on the planet and he says what? Go and do what Adam and Eve are supposed to do. Go out through all the whole world. We're going to partner together. We're going to do some, make a difference on the planet. What happens? Well, they don't do that. Instead of going everywhere the way they're supposed to, they just kind of congregate and hang out and you end up at the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel is the, the humanity at that point in time saying, we don't want to do it God's way. We don't need you for a heaven and earth connection. We'll make our own connection to heaven by building this tower. And that's not going to work. 
So God confuses their language, and he, he they're moved into being dispersed. What happens, and this is significant, so it needs a minute, is that that when you read Genesis 10, you'll see that God says, fine, have your way. I'm going to give you under the authority of the Elohim, and he divides them into 70 nations. Those nations are known as the Gentiles. All that means is not Israel. And they're under the authority now. God says, you don't want me. Okay, you're going to have the little E Elohim. And they're under that authority. And over time, we don't know how much time it took, but all of them become corrupted. And you need to know, they're behind all of the messes still. On the entire planet, in every institution, they've wormed their way in, and they continue to cause havoc. That's what's going on. That's the behind-the-scenes stuff. You, I, that's I, Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> So we have the Tower of Babel, and they're dispersed, and they're put under that. But God keeps one nation for himself. See, this is how the story works. This is important. So, But I'm going to keep one nation, and through that one nation, there's going to be a way for all these... From Genesis 12 through 50, and and uh, the covenant is there that what I just said will make a way back. End up in a long period of slavery, and God's going to come and rec- rescue them and sort of introduce himself to them. They don't even really know him at this point in time. And he's going to show them what it could be like. I call this kingdom foreshadowed. And this will take you from Exodus through Second Kings, this, this part. And I, I tried to make it simple to remember this part because it's so important, this part. Ten plagues, ten words, tabernacle, temple. The ten plagues were God demonstrating that he's superior, real, true God. And... Um, Finally, the people are released from slavery and bondage in the Exodus. They're rescued. God then gives them the ten words. Everybody still okay? Nobody getting bored yet? Because like, okay, now, you missed it. Ten words. I get there, how to be rescued and delivered. It was how to live as God people after he rescues and delivers you. It's a, it's a document. It's a love document. Love God all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus says. We've talked about that a couple of times. So important. That's what's going on. That when you're rescued and delivered, you live differently. You're God's kids. You're not earning anything. You just, you, you want to love because that's what he wants us to do. Tabernacle is so important there in the beginning because since the fall, there hasn't been a heaven and earth connection. It's a big deal to God. Build a tabernacle, which is the big tent. I'll come. He does. Presence of God is there. We move through, com- you know, continued sin of humanity through all we see it in the judges, and then finally the kings come into being. And God says, "I'm really your king, but okay, you can you can have kings if you want." And uh, we get some. We get a bad king right off the bat uh, with Saul, and then we get David, who's a good king, but it's a big mess. Sorry, but uh, he is. And, uh, and then we get to Solomon, uh, who's also a big mess, but, but a good king. Solomon builds a temple. That's the other word there. And, uh, the temple, when the temple is built, he prays and the presence of God is templed. It's there. There's a real place. There's an actual presence of God, heaven and earth connection. Extremely important. There we go. Well, then after that, What's going to happen is there's continued sin, and and so eventually the presence of God can't stay there any longer. We actually see in one of the prophets the presence of God leaving the temple. The glory departs, is said, how I remind that, and then exile happens. Big deal. Israel is taken in exile. First the northern kingdom, ten, ten and a half tribes. They're off by the Assyrians. We don't ever see them again. Uh, and then the southern kingdom, of, uh, which is, you know, one and a half tribes, uh, they're taken into captivity 150 years later by the Babylonians. They come back, prophesied that they'll come back, and they're going to, after 70 years, and rebuild the temple. They do that, they rebuild the temple, but the presence of God doesn't show up. There's a problem. 
the last of the prophets, Malachi, that we have, 400 years before Christ, he says, oh, it's coming back. It's just going to be different than you think. There's a 400-year gap, an intermission, a quiet, a quick time for coffee. I'm coming. We're, we're in the New Testament. We're okay. Five minutes. Here we go. So 400-year gap. What happens? Kingdom incarnate. God comes. Fully man, fully God. Jesus arrives on the scene. The messenger that Malachi talked about, John the Baptist is here first, and he said, Jesus has come in, in effect, and Jesus shows up. Jesus is the perfect representation of a heaven and earth connection, because he's fully God and fully man. And, and he, so, and he says in John 1, uh, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So the word God became flesh, took on humanity, and tabernacled. That's what dwelling is there. It's, the word ta- it's so cool. And then he, Jesus says, I'm the temple. Tear it down, I'll bring up three days. And so he, he's saying, I am this connection that's so important. I'm here. And, and so we have that arrive on the scene, and then Jesus willingly goes to the cross. So this is the part of the story that most of you are fairly familiar with. This is the part you came in. But you didn't know any of that, the, why he had to do it. So Jesus comes... He lives the life that we couldn't. First off, as humanity, we've always gone our own way. So he lives a perfect, sinless life. He also represents Israel in this process, who does it, what they couldn't do, to fulfill all the covenant promises. And then he's going to do something else, because at the fall, two things were introduced that didn't exist before. Power of sin, power of death. Jesus, when he comes, the first time, he goes to the cross, and he defeats the power of sin. Anything, all of the garbage in your life, everything that you've done that's been done against you, all of the horrible garbage stirred up by evil in the world, he deals with at the cross. It's dealt with forever at the cross. You don't need to carry it. He defeats death. And rises again. He defeats the power of sin, the power of death. Everything is different now. Jesus has risen. And it's a new thing, right? It's the, the inauguration of the kingdom. And yet, the kingdom is here, but not fully here. I'm winding down. Here we go. And so we live in this tension time. Kingdom tension. And you can read all about it from Acts till somewhere in less than Revelation 21. All right? Somewhere towards the end. And I called that now and not yet. And, and it's, a, it's a struggle for us because we don't like tension. It's either this way or this way. And I keep telling you that, that what you have to have in order to really experience this life is an understanding it's not this way or this way. It's in here with Jesus. And you need to hang out with him every day because that's where you're going to find life. And he doesn't want you to do it alone. He's going to empower you to do it because he sends Holy Spirit now. Whew, this is amazing news. And guess what? Now you're the temple as a believer. Holy Spirit, you're a heaven and earth connection point. You're the portable presence of the Lord. This is so amazing. I, you know, so many things to hear. But and he didn't just do that to go here. You go now. Hang out till I get back. No, Holy Spirit's here not only to encourage us and help us and comfort us and all those cool things. He's to empower us to go and be witnesses into the world because the world needs to know that there's a way back. It's always been the heart of God. I want you in relationship with me. But if they don't know, they can't respond. We call that one more. And that's what we do in this tension. Because what we're waiting for is the kingdom to be consummated. The wedding supper of the Lamb. When Jesus comes back. But there's two things here that a lot of people don't know. I'm, I'm almost done. One of them is, we talked about this last week. When he comes back, he's making all things new. And what that means is when you read Revelation 21, you see the heavenly city comes out and down to earth. And the earth is new, renewed, restored, remodeled, still this planet, but back to the way God always wanted it. God never, if, if we, if the end, hear me out, if the end point is just heaven, and, and heaven is cool, don't get me wrong, 
I'm looking forward, if he hasn't come back, to hanging out there for a little while in heaven. Because it's going to be, as far as I can tell, just lots of worship, and you're going to reconnect with people. And he's, you know, when you said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but even when you read it, it's temporary, like a really cool Airbnb. You get a new physical resurrected body. That's throughout Paul's message. And why was that so important? You need a physical resurrection that God always intended for us to hang with him forever here on this planet. And the thoughts and the adventures that you get to have yet. And maybe you've even thought to yourself, oh, you know, I, uh, there was things I wanted to do with people that have gone on to the Lord and we never got to do them. And how uh, sad it when you're going to get opportunities to do all that stuff again and go on adventures in a place where God's presence is so real that it's the light. You don't have sun and moon and he's just with you and there's no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow and no more death and it just keeps getting gooder and gooder and gooder. That's a better story than a lot of people have. See, that kind of... People need to hear that. But you have to know it first. And you have to sort of see how it all fits. So we're going to dig more next week. i got to stop there just because I need to. Um, I don't have to, but I will. Uh, Next week, we're going to take now, and we're, I think this is an important piece, how his story fits into history. And I've been geeking it out on flow charts all week, so I'm so excited. My wife looks at it like, oh, but I, I think this will work. I hope it works. Anyway, uh, that's what's coming. But so cool when you see just how this continues to fit together. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way here to pray for you. Let me say this. Look, he invites you into his story. He wants you in his story. It's why he did all that he did at the cross and defeating death and rising again was so that he could be in relationship with you. You don't have to earn it. You can't work for it. It's a gift freely given. All you do is say yes. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's how you do your part. If you've never done that, please, no pressure, but do it today. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Best decision you will ever make in your life. It changes everything. Holy Spirit comes. Wow. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Amen. Good stuff. Yeah, flow charts next week, everybody. Yay. He's color-coded them. You're going to enjoy it. Anyway, it is pretty cool. He does nerd out on that. Listen, somebody here today needs to hear that the Lord is really proud of you. You've been doing the next right thing quietly, moving forward with not not you know, patting yourself on the back. And the Lord just wants you to know all of heaven sees your faithfulness and he is proud of you. So take that in. Amen. Amen. And prayer, our prayer ladies are at the wall. Waiting. Yeah. Prayer team is there. Uh, God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayers over there. These doors will be open for you. Have a great day. It looks like it's going to be rainy the rest of the week. So enjoy this day. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. See you later. Bye. Hope your team wins. Catch some fish. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being a part. Uh, next week, going to be fun. Don't let flowcharts scare you. <laughs>
yeah. uh, embrace them. They're yeah, going to be really good. they're color-coded, so that's good. Color-coded yeah. and they're timely introduced. <laughs> It'll be fun. All right? Love y'all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.